Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this, Charlene, is Episodio 49. We're almost at 50. Dang, this is moving right along. Half a century. And and, uh, so today, I wanted to make sure that we got this out of the way. Mm -hmm. Because we do, you know, occasionally we we cover kind of heavy topics but we also do it in a way that is got the lens or the bocha perspective right so Mm -hmm. it's not that we don't take things seriously it's that we we see and absorb these things in the ways that we have coping mechanisms where occasionally it's like okay but there's a spin on it or there's a there's our take on it right if you are new to the bocha podcast um we are sick, sick people. So <laughs> if that is your jam, stay tuned. With that in mind, so I'll go in backwards order because one really is heavy, but it was a very interesting topic mm. that I brought to the table because it made me feel a sort of way. So Arkea okay. de Nuevo will be looking at uh, the incident, the social media incident with Jackie La Bonita. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about Disney versus Florida and who's going to win in that. <laughs> <laughs> and first, um, we're going to take a look at and just talk through and what the Latina perspective, at least from these two bochas are, about the uh, lady who accused Emmett Till of hitting on her, essentially. That's the long and the short of it, depending mm-hmm. on uh, which version she gives. Um, but she recently passed away. So that's the first thing we'll talk about. But um there's probably there may be some context that's needed for this yeah for because sure. folks might know who Emmett Till is the young man who at 14 was lynched mm-hmm. um but uh what we often I mean I wouldn't say that we often leave out of the conversation but the person who accused him in the first place who never got charged mm-hmm. she finally uh, passed away earlier this year in April mm-hmm so for context, it's um, sh- they owned a st- her and her husband owned a store. Um, Mr. Till or the young man ha- had been visiting from up north, um, and they went. He went into the store with some family, and he, the accusation is that he said something lewd to her, and whistled at her, and um, and her husband wasn't around. But by the time he got home. And then he heard, and um, to be clear, the lady and the, and the man are white, and Emmett Till is a black little boy. So it, you know, it spun out of control in the Jim, you know, Jim Crow era of racism. Not that we're completely out of it. And she finally passed away, but this woman, as I'd mentioned, she had never been charged with anything in this process because no matter what, like, even, you know, cat calls, we get cat called or what have you, but that certainly doesn't, that doesn't elicit the kind of response that that happened with um, with this little boy. Yeah, and I think it's important to add to that context. It's 1955. She's white. He's black and 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Walks into the store. Um, he's from Chicago. He's not even from Mississippi. Walks into this store for whatever reason. I don't know it that d- we know. Nor does it matter. And, and the stories about what happened, like there are stories that 
um, say he grabbed her hand and propositioned her. Some things that he whistled at her. Um, some that he grabbed her by the waist and whispered profanities to her. But it's all over the place. Like what actually happened is really all over the place, which again, shouldn't that have been the basis of this whole thing? But, you know, as you mentioned, the husband and his brother-in-law end up kidnapping this child um beating him torturing him and throwing him in the river with a weight around his ankle and it's I I keep saying that he was 14 because I think we continue to see the adultification of black boys and how well I was scared I thought it was a grown man and it's this 12 year old boy ringing the doorbell and so he got shot in the head or whatever we keep it's 2023 same story this is not over exactly yeah and and going back to um just the the accusations that may or may not have happened in the store we'll never know right because he was in there um by himself he i haven't read that there was someone else in there with him who witnessed or anything like that he had family and this and i've gotten most of this from the new york times to be clear Mm. um and family members that they had interviewed were waiting for him outside so they didn't hear everything that went on in there but um all of this to say like when we look at the parallels because why would the latina community care like what does this have to to do with us right but some of the same things are parallel to our community especially in that there's this like the latin lover Mm. and this sexualization of black and brown people that is definitely a parallel to it where there are accusations of younger individuals um, in a lewd or otherwise crass manner, what have you. And for me, that's, that, that resonated with our community in that there's oftentimes accusations of a sexual nature assigned to black or brown people at a younger age. Mm-hmm. So for boys, it's they were being lewd. And for young ladies or girls, it's the deservingness mm-hmm. of, of being sexualized. Mm-hmm. And so therefore a raper or any other kind of essay is justifiable because of that. And it's, I also think it's um, when we talk about, I, I think it's important also to note, we don't hear about this story as often and some of the pieces I was reading were talking about how it doesn't fit our narrative like the hero narrative he wasn't Martin Luther King Jr. garnering all this support and filling you know streets with supporters and um, it wasn't Malcolm X doing the same and getting justice in some way it was this child who was murdered at the hands of abusive white men who were never brought to justice either um and it's again i i think it really illustrates for me how we have not progressed in i mean we we talk about racial equity and we talk about all of these things in the world of criminal justice we have not moved the needle no, there is still a pipeline to prison or school pipeline to prison for younger, um, younger boys and men in, you know, as young as elementary school. And you had mentioned just recently 
this year where a little boy went accidentally went to the wrong house and the outcome of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it you know largely hasn't changed. And this is not, yes, we can look at the numbers and see that black individuals are at higher risk of violence, but that doesn't mean that our communities aren't at a higher risk of violence um, for mere accusations and who is trusted, mm-hmm. whose word is taken over whose. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you have ring video, does that mean anything? We right. still have Karens who call up on the smallest things to, to, to involve law enforcement. Right. And I mean, at this time, this white woman, it was not even questioned. It was just, you're scared for your life. Great. Let's do the most extreme possible thing and make sure that you feel safe because that is of the utmost concern. And then again you look at the complexity like what kind of life did this lady have that her husband is this violent at the thought of someone someone else else looking at his woman like what did her life have to be like on the inside too not that this justifies anything but it's just all of it is pretty sickening that was something that was very interesting in reading the, the new york times piece was um, yes, they covered her her death and the context of where she fit into history. Mm-hmm. And it also made mention of, of the domino effect that it had on her life. And I'm not, I, I wasn't personally moved to empathy when I was reading this, but <laughs> it did open my eyes to be like, yeah, what the fuck was her life like mm-hmm. after this? Mm-hmm. She, she admitted, and again, we're taking the word of a person whose accusations led to a violent end, but according to her in this in this piece, she largely didn't have a social life. She didn't go out much because she would mm-hmm. either be constantly asked about, well, what did happen? What do you remember? All of the things, or she would get threats. And I'm not, like I said, I wasn't personally moved to empathy, but... It was a very interesting, like, well, she did have to live the rest of her life with the consequences of her actions. I, And she's 88 when she dies um, this year. So, yeah, that's a long time to live and sit with whatever. There was, in, in 2017, there was a book written um, by a historian named Timothy Tyson called The Blood of mm-hmm. Emmett Till, and it really talks about her actually recanting her story Mm -hmm. and saying well actually that didn't really happen and then later took that back even and said no no I never said that either and just lots of back and forth um but she did say during those interviews that he uh didn't deserve to die for his actions and you know there's these questions of was she just a product of her time and place like how much can we fault her because of the world she was living in as a female even if she was white um but i i also was not really moved to empathy and i think we have well i i for myself will say we have the luxury of being in a different time mm-hmm. and place as women and people of color um and still, I he was a baby. He, yes. He was a baby. Like, that. that's the part that I just don't think I can get over and that no one really had to face 
consequences for the torture and murder of a child. I will give so much respect to Emmett's mom, mm. who made the very conscious decision yes. to have an open casket funeral so that the world could see what they did to a little boy. And yes, that, you know, his his death along with others, but that, that really did get the ball rolling in, in large part for the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the just the the want of a mom for justice for her kid and being parents you and I to have the have the strength to force the world to see mm-hmm. what they did to her child is for me unfathomable like i don't know that i could have had that kind of strength mm-hmm. to be like look mm-hmm. at what you mm-hmm. fucking did because let's face it if that if she hadn't made that decision we might not have had the domino effect that his his death did mm-hmm. if she would have just said no no one needs to see the outcome of the violence that happened to my son let's just close the casket would we have i mean maybe eventually but it certainly would have delayed or postponed but just to have the strength of will to say like no the world needs to see this well and to point out that hopefully people were shocked by this because i think many at that time thought it was deserved Mm -hmm. so to call shock value to what happened was critical and he's been called you know the first martyr of the civil rights movement and um rosa parks was quoted as saying that that's who she was thinking about when she sat on the bus so he moved this emotion that led people to to possibly do things that they didn't think they had the strength to do including his mom they tried to weigh him down and it didn't it didn't work and this is where i wonder like the universe might Mm. Not that they, not that the universe has different plans, because that to me gives a whole lot of like power and control to something that I, that I just don't have power and control over. But the the chances of that happening, uh, of right, uh, like what are the chances, right? So those specific things did have to happen in in order for us to be where we're at with him, because otherwise, how many people have uh, suffered at the same? maybe not the same exact consequences, but probably near exact consequences. We'll never know because they were never found. And he, he was. I, you know, I think it's important to talk about this, even though it is heavy and it is difficult. I think it is important because if we don't know this history, we are destined to repeat it and we continue to repeat it. So we are not paying attention. We are not paying attention. You're exactly right because, you know, I don't, I don't want to bring up the, the most recent past, but that just shocked the hell out of me that a young man just this year, a little boy, again, close to the same age, mm-hmm. wrong house, and the outcome of that, and with what consequences are we going to have of this? Mm-hmm. Like the guy is old or the right. ju- the jury no matter how you look at it is probably going to be like 
but he's too old to be going to prison kind of thing. Uh-huh. Or he didn't know what he was doing. He was scared. He's old. And this kid's going to pick up his siblings from a house that he thought they were at. Like, yeah, it's um, it's devastating to think that this was in 1955 and we are now in 2023 and we are still talking about the same thing. And the same outcomes are still happening. Yep. Wow, Kat, you really went there with this one. I did, but you know, I had been thinking about, on and off about her, like whenever the anniversary comes up or there was a, a piece in the paper about it before Carolyn's passing, I had just like, I had been just so angry, like, yes, de puta, she never, ever, like what, what does she get? What does her comeuppance, like what does she get in the end and nothing ever happens? So when she did finally die, I was like, you know, this means something to our collective communities as black and brown individuals. And no matter where we sit at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation, we know that part of that intersection is that we are still, no matter how white perceived, we are still never going to be fully accepted by a lot of individuals. And that could be my kid. That could be your kid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so when she died, I was like, fucking finally. But, but also like, and you never got any consequences. And that, that left a burn on me, you know? Well, and I think also it, it makes me think about gender politics and how we issue blame. And mm. really, even if, even if she felt threatened, she didn't drag this little boy out and beat him no. and shoot him and kill Damn. him. And they were acquitted. They served mm-hmm. zero mm-hmm. justice for putting their hands on this boy multiple times, throwing him in a river. Like, the the torture didn't end. Like, it was nonstop. And even if she felt threatened... um, all she did and she didn't even tell the cop she told her husband Mm -hmm. so I also wonder how much blame does she really get because all she did was say this thing happened whether it was a lie or true she's not the person who dragged this baby out and killed him and they they faced nothing like they were arrested and then acquitted right and and to that point I think maybe part of the reason that, I, you know, I assign so much blame is like she was a mom herself by that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Her, it was her words that got, not that she could have at any point pulled back and said no and all of the things. I think she probably saw at a certain point it was just she was just in too right. deep kind of right. thing. Um, again, no empathy. That's, I'm not getting there, but I definitely think that there were steps along the way that she had blame for and she could have stuck to a recantation in from that book Mm -hmm. she could have stuck to that and she didn't and you know a hundred percent even if at that point in time she would have said yeah you know what I over embellished the interaction that we had this that and the next Mm -hmm. she was still not going to suffer any consequences for it so why 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 hold on to that story so yep so do I assign, bl- yeah, ab- and I still, I'm still, I will go to my grave still burned 
have a spur in my burr about it. Or well, a and she spur. she had to know who her husband was at this point and know what that accusation was going to spark in him, in the brother-in-law, in whatever. Like, she's living with these people. They're right. her family. She had to have some idea um, what would happen if she brought that accusation to light. So, yeah, I'm not uh, removing blame for her by any means. It just, it's, it's a lot to think about. You're right. And, and one of the things that you always, always, always bring to the table, and I so appreciate this from you, is like, you know, there, is a, there are multifacets to be able to look at, diff- at, at each of the things we bring to the table, right? Like, there are different pieces that we don't, often think about um and so when you were talking about well for a woman and the the blame that is laid at her feet looking at that perspective and I definitely appreciate that because sometimes it rains in my vengeance or my (laughs) my first instinct to be like that that lady and the things Mm -hmm. so I do appreciate that from you and and I still am not moved to any empathy for her (laughs) even after yeah her passing but but lots to think about. We're going to move from one part of the South to a whole ass oh, other. God. This is another another situation where I, I'm not being able to, to garner any empathy for the state of Florida <laughs> because it's like y'all <laughs> voted him in. But so there's a Disney versus DeSantis right now, DVD. And um, it all started with the don't say gay law that was passed some time ago and then Disney felt some kind of way about it (laughs) um and so they they you know they had a reaction to it and then it escalated from there from Disney having some feeling some kind of way about um restrictions on classroom discussions around LGBTQ or gender identities and then the escalation went there to c- taking away the special tax status that Disney had. And I will pause right there and say, do they even need a special tax status? No, but that's not the point of this conversation. Oh, I want to get into that, though, because it's hilarious to me. But I do want to say, so this, it, it, there's a war going on between yes. Disney and the governor of Florida, which is very odd, right? And, and yes, many people are saying that it is retaliatory behavior because they didn't support his legislation. That would have, and yes, it was the don't say gay, um, but really it's, it does not allow for classroom instruction or discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity. Originally, it was elementary school grades, um, and it was called like the Parental Rights in Education Act, but this April, even going beyond that, the State Board of Education, whose members were appointed by DeSantis, mm-hmm. um, voted to expand this to cover all grades, including high school. So now you cannot talk about sexual orientation, gender identity, any of this, even in high school, where we know that there's people are dealing with all of yeah. this. There's, there's a whole lot of self-exploration that's going on during this time. Absolutely. So now, of course, you know, woke Disney, all the things. The tax status thing, though, I find hilarious because so Disney essentially owns 25,000 acres near Orlando. That's a shitload of land. That is a lot of land. 
Um, so yes, they had a special tax designation that started in 1967. So it's been there there forever. And it essentially makes them their own county government, which means that they're responsible for their own roads, fire, emergency service. So they're their own little city, right? Like they do, they handle their own business because they are the land of Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, DeSantis, because he's pissed, removes the status in 2022 and the legislature allows it. They're like, yes, fuck yes. Fuck Disney. Fuck woke Disney. They don't need their own tax designation. And then pendejos realize that without that tax designation, the surrounding counties, which are small, would have to pay for fire, emergency, roads, all the upkeep, which can you imagine the amount of money on these tiny little counties that this would so then they were like oh never mind we're just kidding we're gonna reinstate that tax status (laughs) (laughs) dumb so dumb yeah i'm like you know i just can picture mickey being like "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. try to fuck me over on taxes will you Mm -hmm. yeah hilarious to me so there's the back and forth on the taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, they installed a board of, that was, again, um, p- handpicked by DeSantis, those appointees. Um, and, but before the board of, the, of his appointees took effect, the old board gave over power to Disney. Once the appointees went into effect, then they reversed that, and now Disney is suing. <laughs> so where we're at is like... The mouse is going up against the governor, mm-hmm. and who can possibly win off of from that outcome, right? And how often? There's only been once in, in my brain that I can think of, and I didn't really do a deep dive into this, but I remember it was um, early aughts when I was living in LA, and Disney wanted to um, wanted to copyright. Dia de los Muertos, because they were at the time working on Coco. one of the, yeah. So mm-hmm. they wanted to copyright that or, or trademark it. Mm-hmm. And, and the Latina community was like, the fuck you say? And that's the only time I can think of mm-hmm. off the top. Again, didn't do a whole lot of research on this, but where Disney had to back down from doing mm-hmm. something that was like, man, you really shouldn't be doing this. And so I'm, I'm wondering like who, would win in this situation it's not like disney can up and pick up disney world from florida right and move it elsewhere mm-hmm. it's not like florida doesn't um doesn't benefit off of Absolutely. disney world being there like mm-hmm. the amount of tourism and the money Absolutely. that comes with period so who i mean it's it's basically money against money with yes. gays in the center <laughs> or i should say the queers in the center like who who because at the end of the day let's be a hundred percent clear the queer community the lgbtq plus community is not going to end up being end up being the winner on this that is that is a side note for this entire argument well now it's just a pissing match the legislation exists right this is not a fight over whether or not that legislation exists right this is now just power and pissing contest you're right about who gets the last say and it's not the queers no no and in fact you can't say queer (laughs) (laughs) nowhere nowhere and nothing so at the end of the day it is like this community Mm -hmm. that is at the losing end of it just watching a proxy war play out in front of them 
and and by them I do also mean me us so it's like does it even matter who wins this right because the legislation still stands um children in schools in Florida are still affected by this families who have children in schools are still affected by this and at some point when do we start to say like people's bodies are not political who you are if you have a period or not if you are questioning your sexuality that just makes you a human Mm -hmm. not a political target or shouldn't make you a political target and it does we keep saying this but I think um also to Disney's credit I guess or maybe they're just smart at marketing but like don't piss off the gays if you're Disney no don't so like good move Disney right whether or not they're wholeheartedly in this for the gays or not (laughs) or they just know like the gay money at Disney is probably okay is there a who loves the Disney princesses more than the gays? I want a statistic is what I want. <laughs> How much gay money is spent on Disney every year? As a person in the queer community, and if you haven't if you have if this is your first episode with the Bocha podcast, I'm I'm a lesbian. Just in case that that wasn't clear. But what? I know. I bum, quit. Bum, bum. You can't say that on the show. <laughs> this will be beeped out if you are listening in Florida. <laughs> So as a person from the queer community, one thing that I do know over the years is when issues like this come up, not not only is this like a proxy war about um, LGBTQIA, but also when these issues come up, the amount of violence against the queer community mm-hmm. increases. Mm-hmm. So no matter what the outcome is with the eventual lawsuit, the tax status, the anything, the this, the that, even the legislation itself because we know mm-hmm. that that the viol- the amount of violence is particularly in Di- in in Disney particularly <laughs> in Florida but we also see how it, it it spreads around because of how big the story is right we know and have seen those statistics where when these kinds of issues come up people are going to view this as and and not everybody i get that but people who have a very like limited view on the lgbtq plus community already they're seeing this as oh because of the queer community we are having this issue mm-hmm. and therefore they are to blame so th- they're not seeing a power play they're not seeing what's going on with the tax status they're not seeing any of this they're seeing you are the problem, Mm -hmm. you caused this issue, Mm -hmm. you deserve XYZ consequences. Because people feel the need to back their play, right? They want to support their stance on, are you team Disney or team DeSantis, basically? And in order to do that, this is not just one of those, you know, do we protect this tree that's in the middle of the forest that is, you know, there's only 10 of them left? Are, are, we in, are you on the side of the tree or not? The tree doesn't give a shit how you feel about the tree. Mm-hmm. In this case, we're talking about people. Right. We're talking specifically about children. So when you take a stance, there is a human consequence, whether it be in 
people feeling like they should be ashamed of who they are or be afraid because of who they are or family is feeling the need to try to leave Florida if they can because they don't feel that their children are safe there anymore or that they can even just be who they want to be or are thinking they might be really because they're young people um it also emboldens people to come out with the worst possible bullshit this is where we start hearing all the religious arguments and here's where we start hearing all of this and you know i i know you and i've had several conversations i am well you call me the straightest person you've ever known in your life (laughs) you are um that and this is where I think we talk about allyship, right? I don't have an emotional tie to this. I can get fired up and be pissed off and like scream and yell at people and not go home and cry for five hours because I don't have that in my background. I feel strength because I love you, because I love other queer people in my life. And I feel like, oh, hell no, somebody's not going to do this to my people. Um, whereas... This is so taxing for folks that do have that identity, that do go home to a same-sex partner, that do go home to a child who is questioning or trans or that has to go to school the next day in this state that's telling them they cannot be a person and they cannot talk about being that person. Like it is the trauma that we are inflicting on people and the hate that we are just sparking all over the place is and I say we um I don't mean we I mean this motherfucker is uh and and many um, this it's not just Florida it's all over the damn place right now anti-trans anti-gay legislation is fucking everywhere right now anti just sexuality legislation like you can't talk about having a period what the have you lost your fucking mind this is how bodies work this is how we end up with legislation that is rooted in bullshittery and not science because people are so afraid to talk about vaginas that it literally makes them lose brain cells i think lose a lot of things i think lose perspective lose all the things the wider view on top of all of this, the wider view of like, why should we care? Why is this? Because when I, I, I look at things that we're going to talk about on the show, I'm also like, okay, but what is the perspective that we're bringing as, as two bochas from the borderland, right? If this guy runs for, and there's already, you know, mm-hmm. hints and, mm-hmm. and all of the things, if he's going to run for president, mm-hmm. this is a, a, one example of the type of things that we may see with that kind of presidency, right? So like for me, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I don't want someone who has just instituted a, you can't even speak about actual lives that are real, that matter, that exist. That kind of legislation doesn't need to be done at a national level. And let me be clear, it doesn't need to be done at a statewide or a citywide level Mm -hmm. either, Mm -hmm. but I'm also not living in that state to exact any kind of change. That being said, um, the other the other thing that really gets me about this is when it's politicized in this kind of way, and you kind of alluded to this, that people take sides, either you're with Disney or you're, you're not with Disney. There are going to be some folks who are caught in the middle, in particular children, mm-hmm. because if let's just say that I am wholeheartedly believing in, in DeSantis and I start refusing to do anything Disney over this over this proxy war. Right. 
my kid is not going to understand what's going on. They're only going to know gay is bad. We no longer like Disney. And that feeds, that that goes right. towards this young person that, that helps shape how they feel about mm-hmm. thus and such. Mm-hmm. And then a new generation of people who have this anger, this hate that's ingrained in them over what? actual real people Mm -hmm. that exist in life and their kids could be one of them right yeah absolutely for me i think it um makes me want to send the message to disney we have in new mexico a lot of land uh green Mm -hmm. chili gender affirming (laughs) care protections and legal weed so come here i'm just saying disney if you want to relocate absolutely we have plenty of acres for you to be able to be here we'll take the tourism it's a small world over here disney come on down oh you know the other thing is that was a very curious thing for me is um not so florida also has a high latine population Mm -hmm. largely cuban Mm -hmm. cuban um cuban individuals are an anomaly Politically, in that, for the most part, Latina individuals register and vote as Democrat. They're, they usually have a, a loving and accepting, like, you know, maybe my religion doesn't like it, but you know what? I love you too, mijito. You're, that's, you're old, you will always be my child or what have you. No, pobre. Cubans don't <laughs> vote or go that way. They are really an anomaly mm. of what is... The stereotype, and I'm not saying that the stereotype, whatever you might think of the stereotype, right, of who votes what Mm -hmm. way or what have you, but Cuban individuals who don't, like, I'm wondering what that Latina population is going to do long term about seeing this play out the way it is, because, of course, members of their families are certainly, there's some who are going to be part of the LGBTQ plus community. But they have also actively voted for this individual who is doing this thing. I'm wondering what that Latine population, like where are they going to end up in this, in this argument or the, where, where they might land in this? Communism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about queer people. We don't talk no. about communism. No. Add it to the list. Mm. It, that is that is to me a very interesting view of of Florida and its different populations and that particular that particular one because they are supposed to be part of this umbrella of Latine individuals that it that do, doesn't necessarily follow along with the norm I guess and I think sometimes it has to get so extreme that people actually start seeing themselves or their loved ones in the community that is being harmed enough to pull them away from that viewpoint or that political party or that religion or whatever it might be oh cat what the hell I know the, the world is a trash fire we're just raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time that 2020 was a trash fire and then 2021 was oh. two trash fires and then it just kept escalating and no, here we are. The entire landfill is on dump. fire. <laughs> we're just at the dump all the time. We don't know what day it is. 
Uh, I had my own beef with Disney because I never saw myself really reflected, not until recently. And I guess that's another part about this that I wanted to tie to it is that's the hard part is that Disney has not been perfect for no. people of color. Like Disney has left us out of all the things. But when you are forced to side with the better in a situation and ignore some of the <laughs> harm or erasure can i just say that movie i mean still exists all of it like it's so again complicated i know that's probably our favorite word on the podcast but it is so complicated because now you feel forced to side with a person that's not your friend this is not your homie and when they do try to do movies that are not rewriting history certainly but they are I'm, i'm hoping that they are actually trying to be better with with the ways that they make their movies, like with the live-action Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that before and mm-hmm. what the public outcome, at least in some parts, um, people angry about having a black mermaid. And and also recently Peter Pan and how uh, Tinkerbell is not white <gasps> and the, the outcry of that happening. Like, not that, not that Disney is doing great. They're doing better. At the end of the day, is it for capitalism? Maybe. But are, are we right. seeing ourselves reflected in these movies more and more? Yes. Also, if anyone thought Peter Pan was straight, like from I day know. one, I really, I'm, I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. Right? Yeah. Men in tights. I'm I don't saying. know. Not that I'm going off of a stereotype either, but. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so where does this land for people who, because. Can we lump people who are anti-LGBTQ and racist together? Sometimes, yes. And so some of the same people who are complaining about a black mermaid and a black um, Tinkerbell are the same people who are like, we shouldn't be saying gay anywhere, anytime, anyway. Absolutely. So does this make you want to go see any of the movies more or less, like with, with your child? Does this even factor in for you? No. This doesn't at all? No. She, If she wants to see it, you're just going to go see it, like, done. I mean, unless there's... Yeah. It, it It's not... I mean, to me, Disney is not the problem in this particular situation. Um, I know she wants to go see the new Little Mermaid. She was not even a fan of the old Little Mermaid, which I think she was just in between when it was popular and mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. so she just wasn't of the age group where she got into that. Um she also hates the music ones. She won't say musicals, but she hates the music ones. So <laughs> lots of singing in The Little Mermaid. She's not a fan. Uh, but she's interested in seeing this version, and I don't know why. Probably some of the hype. I'm sure she's heard me talking about it a little bit. I'm sure um, she there's just a different representation that feels enticing to folks right now so and of course mermaids and sparkly and she loves water and i've called her a mermaid since she was a baby so mm. i think that's part of the pull for her but i don't um in this particular case no i don't see disney as as the devil or as woke disney or any of the things um i think they're trying and whether again i am sure it's in the name of money but but a try is a try a try is a try I'm, I haven't been a very big fan of uh, turning a, a cartoon into a live action. I did not see and still have not seen Beauty and the Beast, the live action one. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will 
see the live action Little Mermaid, if for nothing else, <laughs> and we talked about this when when the Little Mermaid, uh, the, the first reactions were coming out, but seeing the TikToks of the little girls who were like, mm. oh my God, that's me. That I will so pay beautiful. good money. Amen. Yes. To go see something that elicited such amazing responses from these little girls who were seeing them and little boys who were seeing themselves in a movie. Did they do it in the name of money? Probably. Will they get mine? Absolutely. Yes. Mm. I will see it. Let's go eat popcorn. Mm, Theater popcorn. I love it. You know what else we do popcorn with? Tell me. Shift gears a little bit. Drama. (gasps) Team Dramatica. And baseball. And baseball. <laughs> and when you put those together. Yes. What do you get? You get a whole ass social media bonfire mm. of the vanities. I don't know. So Jackie Bonita, it, Jackie La Bonita is a social media individual who was at an Astros baseball game. And her, um, I'm not clear if it's her partner, her dude, her husband, whatever. He was filming her um for social media content and in the background behind her are two younger people who are like clowning on her Mm -hmm. like at one point you see one flipping flipping the bird at the camera and whatnot and then these this whole like it was maybe 10 10 15 minutes worth of video was compiled into a smaller video that she puts out you know, several days after the actual baseball game and after after the actual filming. And you see the, the progression of her response where, because some of the things that they said were verbal and she could hear it. Mm-hmm. And so you see the progression of her response where she's, you know, happy and, and, and getting the media content. And then eventually she's like, shit, they're talking about me and this doesn't feel very good. And I kind of feel like crying. And she posts that online. Right. And then from there, it snowballs into all of these people who are fans of Jackie. They're pissed off at these two people. Um, it goes wider than just her her social media. It gets on like Me Too and other places mm-hmm. where um, we are making judgment calls on the two people who are in the background who are acting a you know acting a fool. Whether or not it was an intentional bullying or not. Either way, acting a fool behind, you know, doing some pop-ups behind the the video. They come out and say, like, hey, (laughs) we didn't know. It was was kind of an apology. (sighs) And it was, all we knew is that this guy was filming and we could see ourselves in the reflection of the camera. So we don't know what his deal is. So we're clowning, but we didn't mean it in a bullying way. And now we're getting death threats. And it just like blew up into this whole thing. Whole thing. Whole thing. Right. So they came out and sort of were like, look, we just, there was this strange dude recording us. We're two young women. This felt threatening, all the things. My issue with that is that they were not talking about the dude. They were talking about her. They were talking about the girl. They Mm -hmm. never said like, Mm -hmm. bro, why are you recording us? What the fuck, dude? You don't know us? Like there was none of that. It was all aimed at her right and she's a cute girl wearing her crop top and her little cute hair and obviously making content which um this is our new normal right people record themselves and take selfies and post things all the time there it 
their food, their outfit of the day, their hair of the day, their ganas of the day, like whatever. <laughs> People post all kinds of shit. And I will say from the video, Jackie La Bonita definitely had a, a kind of a wide angle. So it wasn't just her. You could see a lot of folks in the background right. at this. They're at the Astros game, right? Right. So it's a crowd. There's lots of people. She's obviously trying to get the the feel that I'm in a crowded space. There's lots of people around me. I'm looking cute. Great. And she did. She looked adorable. Um, and these these girls, for whatever reason, were not liking it. And And it brings up for me this whole just pitting... Latinas pitting, being pitted against one another, being thought that we have to live in this scarcity mindset where if somebody's pretty, you can't be pretty too. If somebody's got attention, you can't have attention too. Um, this whole, and again, this just emboldening of people to say and do things that are just cruel. Um, I will say, at least they weren't just putting it in the comments. They were like in person doing this shit. So like... <laughs> If Jackie La Bonita wanted to turn around and pop somebody in the throat, then that would have been a thing. And that would have been on the video, too. I don't know that I would have hated that. But <laughs> so and that was one of the that was one of the reactions was I th- Cardi I think B. it was Cardi. Yeah. Cardi B who was like, I would have put that ring to use. Uh-huh. So a couple things that it elicited for me. Yes. You know what? When their apology happened, it was like, so you're saying you you were kind of worried about the guy and what he was doing, which is legit. Like if there's someone who's taking videos of me, I mean, my God, your standards are low, but also like, (laughs) that's creepy. Right. But when you're, when your commentary isn't about the guy taking the video, it's about the Uh chick who's in front of you. I mean, that, that doesn't add to any legitimacy of your apology. Um, But did it elicit that kind of response? No. And there is something to be said for the generation that they're in, right? Right. They're young. So it also, there's a maturity piece, right? Like at what point do they truly understand the consequences of their actions? Like maybe like, you know, I I might get my ass kicked right now, but (laughs) am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my apartment because now I don't have a job? Am I going to have my whole the entire internet site for the place that I work shut down by people who hate me now? Like, Right, or are you going to lose the podcast? No, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Totally understand. And and there are two aspects to their age range. Mm-hmm. One is that we didn't grow up in, in this world where all of our shit was public. We grew up with beepers, right? So, yes, they have an incredible awareness that everything that they do in public can be posted anywhere, whether it is mm-hmm. an eye, a ring camera, mm-hmm. city camera, whatever it is. They, they have that awareness. What they yeah. don't have and what we don't have, didn't have in our 20s, 10 million decades ago, Ugh. is the thought process of, and then what happens then? Exactly. Because I can moon the ring and then, <laughs> ha, 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 it's funny, great, all of the things. Until you're running for office and Until your ass is exactly. on somebody's campaign. <laughs> no, it's, it's that foresight. And I mean physiologically there is myelination that happens where people can actually put together the consequences of their actions it happens later for boys and it does for girls so eh, i don't know if this is a reason for them but it's a thing physiologically biologically where people cannot 
connect those dots, which is why you have to tell your kids 5,792 times <laughs> to put their fucking clothes in the hamper that's two inches away from where they put it on the floor. This must have happened just before we got oh on. Oh my God. You every also day. said myelination. What the fuck? Oh, it's one of my favorite words. <laughs> okay, go. Could you explain it to the non myelinated here? So it it's literally a coating on the brain. I mean, and I'm really doing the the least justice to this scientific concept, but it's this coating on the brain that helps your synapses connect those dots between consequence and action. And it is it happens in mid 20s young early 20s um it happens later for males than it does for females but they literally cannot do this like it is why we have age limits on things like voting and guns and all of these pieces because biologically we are not there yet so part of it really isn't their fault so what you're saying is I don't have the myelination the more I drink because I don't think about the consequences okay. of my actions I don't and the know text messages I send. How myelina- I think drinking later. just makes you ignore your myelination. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with it. But I don't know. I would love for some neurologist to come and help us with this conversation. If you're a neuro- neurologist, we've already covered NASA with uh, with the astronaut. Now yeah. we need a, a, we need a neurologist. neurologist. And someone from Gruet. So <laughs> any of those folks listening. Any of the above please look at the end of the day like I wouldn't be doing that nonsense because I also don't want to end up in people's pictures I know my eyes are crooked I don't need someone else to put that online for me to just stare at for eons well and I think that also might be a generational thing where back in the day you were taking a picture that you weren't going to see how it turned out <laughs> for weeks <laughs> and possibly longer. So if you had your eyes closed, if there was a photo bomb, if it was blurry, you didn't know that. So I think we, I definitely have this tendency to duck, get out of the way. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to mess up their picture, even though you can take 5,000 pictures in two seconds now and pick the good one and edit it and do all the things right. I'm still of the mindset that nope. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime, like, you're going to be waiting outside of Walgreens for weeks (laughs) till your film is developed, and the poor people that have to see it, like, the conversations that must have happened in these rooms, but I I think it is a generational thing for me still. (laughs) You reminded me that I could not hold my breath underwater for shit, but I can hold my breath for like a minute for pictures to be taken. <laughs> Underwater pictures? <laughs> for no, just like oh, the click shit. and click and turn. Like you know how you do Oh yeah. After you clicked mm-hmm. it. Like you had to sit there and like say cheese and you had to stay there for like a minute and not breathe until the picture was taken. Oh, and then it was super dramatic to press that little plastic button was like like it was a whole thing yeah we had more muscles in our fingers back then to make sure that it cut chunk and then all of the things and then afterwards that's why we are the superior generation (laughs) (laughs) because of disposable cameras i don't think at this point i can be considered part of a superior generation at all it's true Ooh. okay so we have covered a lot of ground in episodio 49 we are just halfway through May. Oh, I know, Kat. It's uh, the world is um, the world is an interesting place. The last thing I want to say about this whole Jackie La Bonita thing: mm-hmm. why the Astros? Oh my God, go Dodgers! That's it. That's all. That's why this happened. Mm-hmm. That's Let's why. be real. Mm-hmm. 
Go to a real baseball game and this <laughs> shit won't happen. Exactly. Sorry, Astros. Exactly. If you're listening and you'd like to sponsor the Pochapan, <laughs> <laughs> we are open. There's room on our jerseys <laughs> for your logo. Right? Team Dramatica all the way for me on this one with the Astros. So this has been Episodio 49 for the Bocha Podcast. Charlene, we are still at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. Yeah. It is now summer, so I will get into the browner of the brown pride now that the sun is out and I can go outside and do some of my senor chores on the weekend in chortes and not just in pants. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting on patios whenever possible until the mosquitoes descend upon us. Mm. I'm going to I'm invested in those um, those little. I don't know, candles that are supposed to keep the mosquitoes away and all the things so that I could sit in the backyard and just lounge and get get the tan that finally be the the cultura I deserve to be. (laughs) Get your melanin on. Yeah, yeah. So where can they find us, Charlene? We, Sipping our, our wine or otherwise. Yeah, normally on Instagram, really. Uh, sometimes on Facebook. I, mm, Twitter, mm-hmm. no. But you can always email us at pochapodcast.gmail.com. Send us your ideas. Send us your thoughts. Um, send us your money, all the things. Most importantly, tell your friends. And if you haven't already done a uh, uh given us a review mm. on whatever your pl- podcast platform is please drop us some lines uh for a review we would appreciate it. just like we appreciate all five of our og listeners thank you i'm still cat i'm still charlene and we'll catch you on the flip side bye